For today's reading comes from the 10th chapter of Mark, beginning with the 17th verse. As Jesus went out into the streets, a man came running up and greeted him with great reverence and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said, Why are you calling me good? No one is good, only God. You know the commandments. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat. Honor your father and mother. And the person said, Teacher, I have from my youth kept them all. And Jesus looked him hard in the eye, and he loved him. And Jesus said, There's one thing left to do. Go sell whatever you own and give it to the poor. All your wealth then will be heavenly wealth. And then come follow me. Now the man's face clouded over. This was the last thing he expected to hear. And he walked off with a heavy heart. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and not about to let go. Looking at Jesus, looking at his disciples, Jesus said, Do you have any idea how difficult it is for people who have it all to enter God's kingdom? The disciples couldn't believe what they were hearing, but Jesus kept on. You can't imagine how difficult. I'd say it's easier for a camel to go through the needle of an eye than for the rich to get into God's kingdom. That set the disciples back on their heels. Then who has any chance at all? And Jesus was blunt. No chance at all if you think you can pull it off by yourself and every chance in the world if you let God do it. Okay. Another one of those uh, hard sayings, right? And we've, we've heard this message preached for years about, uh, you know, it, it's not good to be rich. The wealthy are going to have a hard time. How many actually believe that this particular parable, this particular story that Mark decides to tell about Jesus is aimed at the rich? Let's tear this apart for a second, okay? I mean, really, let's tear this story apart. Because I could tell you that there's a reason that in the day and over the course of the life of the church that they've decided that this, the theology here is against wealthy, okay? But there's also something that's just a little bit deeper than just this surface idea of you've got you've to give up to whatever's holding you back. All right? Let's take that first line. The guy comes running up, and he, he falls down at Jesus' feet. So he obviously knows who Jesus is. He obviously knows that this guy is, is the new game in town. And so he shows some reverence for him, and he falls down, and he calls him good. Now, for those of you who are out there that think that Jesus is the Messiah, quote, the Son of God, that's a perfectly great phrase, right? Why wouldn't he call him good? I think that the next line is what's really interesting, is Jesus said, uh, excuse me, what are you calling me good for? Only God is good. Uh-oh. We, we got a problem with this story already. Because what's Jesus' response to him 
with this guy running up to him, showing him some reverence, and he's saying, good teacher. And Jesus is like, wait a minute, why are you calling me good? Because I'll tell you what, this story is not about salvation. This story is not even about having to follow Jesus. The story starts with this guy wanting to know what? To what? Get to heaven. Bingo. What do I have to do to get into heaven's gate? The acknowledgement of Jesus is not because he's gotten an answer to this whole eternal life thing. The acknowledgement of Jesus is somebody who could do all these magic tricks that might get him closer. I mean, that's an important piece of the story. And so Jesus says, uh, excuse me, why are you calling me good? Only God is good. Meaning that the only perfect, the only, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for here? Help me. That which is perfect is God. I'm not it. And then he says, have you followed the commandments? There's ten of those. Yeah. And he, and he, and he what, he rattles off four or five of them, right? Yep. Now, the next answer comes with, well, I've done all that. This kind of sounds like the prodigal son, doesn't it? A little bit. Remember that? Where the son is pissed off because there's a party being thrown for the one who got into all kinds of trouble. And he sat there and said, look, I've, I've never given you a moment's grief. This guy says the same thing. And he's still, he's got it all, folks. He thinks he's got it all. That's a part of the story that we don't always talk about. Not only is he rich, but he's following all the commandments, or so he thinks. Are the Jewish laws? How many of you have a tendency to look at your faith life and go, I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to be doing. And yet you sit there and ask yourself the question, I wonder if this is going to get me in. I wonder if this is going to get me in. Pastor doesn't and we hear the same response. Do you follow the commandments? By the way, do you pay attention to Micah? Are you fair? Are you merciful? Do you walk humbly with God? There's all those things, but we still sit there like this dude and go, I wonder if that's enough. So how did Jesus respond to that? There's one thing left for you to do. Sell whatever you own and give it to the poor. By the way, you understand that he didn't say, take your money and give it to the poor. He didn't say, take the house you're living in now, sell it, and give that money to the poor. He did not say that. Listen to what he said again. There's one thing left. Go sell whatever you own.
You know, my neighbor's a real asshole. Oh, wait a minute. I got to sell that? You know, if the homeless would just get a job. Says the owner of a rather large company. You see, the whole idea here is we immediately, because we're Americans, amen, and the church also focuses on the, the, the very let me grab a hold of it money kind of stuff. We forget about the attitude. There's one thing left for you to do. And Jesus is saying, change your attitude. In other words, get into this 100%. We all want to know what it's going to take for eternal life. What it takes for eternal life is to be in a relationship with God. And in order to be in a relationship with God, that means that we have to embrace everybody. It's not the wealth, necessarily, that was keeping him away from being able to do what he needed to do to get eternal life. It was the way he saw himself. Because that's the interesting piece. Because he took what Jesus said, and he did like we take in this story, he took the story, he took what Jesus said, and goes, wait a minute, i got to sell everything and i got to give this to the poor? i got to give away everything that defines who I am? you got to be kidding. If I do that, there won't be anything left. I can't do this. And then Jesus turns around and looks at his disciples, because they obviously didn't get it, and said, look, see, it's really hard once you reach this status. What I wish he would have said as I was studying this is if he'd have been just a little bit clearer. If he'd have said, look, when you think you've got it made, that's when it gets really hard. Because that is really what this story's about. When you think you've got it made, it is when it gets extremely difficult to have that relationship with God. Because you find yourself making decisions for you rather than for God. So, this is not about wealth. This is not about money. It is about our attitude and the attitude that we have in our relationship with God. There is nothing more important. And that is why Jesus said, oh, by the way, uh, for those of you who do exegetical work on this, uh, there are uh, scholars out there to say that whole thing about the eye of the needle was, was an addition uh, to this particular story. But the last part is right. Because then the disciples, they finally get it. Look, if this is about an attitude, then who the hell can get in? And then Jesus brings home the punchline. It's what I've been trying to tell you all along. If you try to do it by yourself, it isn't going to work. When you get to the point that you think that you've got it made, you need to slow down and understand that God loves you unconditionally. And it's about you and God. You are not going to feed the hungry or give drink to the thirsty or visit the sick and in prison. 
if it's about you. If it's about you and God, then you'll have a different reaction to selling everything you have. God bless you this morning.